Verse Genius Episode 47, Fortnightly String, Foam, and Vinyl. In this episode of Fortnightly, Bruce and Donald are joined by Robert Cole to talk about records, crafting, and stuff to watch. Hey, do you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius and you'll see our Podpledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs and we truly appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inverse Genius Presents Fortnightly, uh, the show where once every couple weeks we come by and we play a little game of tell and tell to quote uh, one of the folks joining me on the show uh, where we come here we tell you about things we've loved for the last two weeks and hopefully you at least understand why we love those things so first let me introduce uh, i'm going to say to my left though we are in cyberspace so to my left to my right above me below me all around me uh none other than tv's donald dennis how are you doing donald i'm doing all right i am to yourself are you to i guess you are technically to myself aren't you yes I'm doing so, great, actually. Uh, you know, new meds kicking in, um, nice. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm practically rested. Unusual things happening. So uh, it, it's neat, you know, and uh, job is wonderfully fulfilling. So there we have it. And I'll be talking about a tool I've been using at work later on in the show. Very good. Tell everybody, because I want to make sure I get this right, because you always do this. I want to get it right. Uh, yep. Tell everybody all the places they can find you, or one of the places they can find you. You can find me uh, all over the wilds of the internet as Walsfio. Um, search for me there. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then we are doing, we haven't, I don't think we've done this in a hot minute, Donald, and if I'm wrong, correct me, where we bring somebody in that is not necessarily a voice you've heard here before. Uh, so it is my distinct pleasure and honor to introduce Robert Cole. Robert, how are you doing? Great. How you doing, Bruce? How you doing, Donald? Oh, very well. Very well. Good to, good to chat with you. Yeah, it's great chatting with you guys, too. So, so Robert, uh, I put out a call saying, hey, uh, come on fortnightly, talk about things. And Robert was kind enough to answer the call. So, Robert, tell everybody uh, a little bit of how they can find you, uh, if you if you want them to. And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter if you are so inclined. I'm kind of boring, to be honest with you. Uh, but on Twitter, I am at Simon Callahan. Um, that's all one word. Callahan is uh, capitalized. Um, there, so is that a stage a, name? Kind of. It's mm-hmm. um, it's a character I created like way back, and he sort of become my my uh, my Gary Stu, if you will. Um, so every time I create a character in a video game or I'm writing something and I have like a character that I need to drop in somewhere. Okay. Um, I just Simon Callahan. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Uh, Yeah. Is there anything that listeners need to know? We're going to, obviously we're going to learn something about you when we get to the tell and tell section, but is there anything you want us to know coming in hot before we uh, start off this uh, fine party? We like to call fortnightly. Um, I don't think so. I'm a pretty chill dude. I work in retail. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's. A, uh, I don't know how much that'll that'll affect any kind of uh, that might affect my. Uh, oh, oh, I know. Um, I have a girlfriend who lives in California, and I want to say hello to her. I don't know if she'll listen to the show. She probably will. I'll probably. Hey, if, so. 
if she's unwilling to listen to the show, I don't even know. Although I say that my wife doesn't listen to any of these. Uh, so the last thing I'm going to ask, and feel free to be uh, broad just so we kind of have an idea now. Uh, Donald and I put ourselves on the East Coast of the United States. Where generally are you located, Robert? I'm in Canada. Okay, th- and that's why I did it, because I, I thought I heard an accent. Um, and and i wanted to make sure that when we get to certain parts of the show that you understand that when robert talks it is with uh a canadian sensibility maybe a little bit more kindness than we have here yeah Uh, i am to the north of both of you i believe there we go so now we figured out geographically where we are and i'm gonna start us today i do have to say first bruce though is that this is probably our kindest show that is absolutely (laughs) true because we do have a strict uh, rule where we uh, don't slam dunk on things here. As yes. much as I may want to come with something I don't like and just do a real solid slam dunk contest, uh, TV's Donald Dennis has specifically told me I'm not allowed. Now we can do an inverse genius non-fortnightly where we where we complain. That's fine. Okay. So but we'll- the fortnightlies have to be positive. Yes. So I'm going to start by talking to you something uh, about something that I'm really pretty positive on, uh, to be honest with you. This is more sort of a, an oddity out there. So we all talk about in the board game space, Tabletop Day. Oh, Tabletop Day. Tabletop Day is awesome. Hey, it's a thing. Go to your local store. Or what it all started with was Free Comics Day, uh, which was go to your local comic shop, get some free comics, learn about what's going on in the comics world. Normally, it would uh, magically uh, butt up against some sort of Marvel or DC movie that came out. But it was just sort of a day to celebrate uh, things that you buy and uh, experience that are media. So the same thing exists in the record world called Record Store Day, which is a day where all kinds of bands from all over the place and all kinds of publishers from all over the place put out weird, strange, obtuse, obscure, repackaged albums. Sometimes they take an album you know and love and they print it on some kind of weird vinyl. So now it's green and see-through. Or they'll Mm. take an idea that hasn't existed for many years and they'll make a new version of it. Um, One year... I got a record back in the day. They used to make horse race albums where essentially the grooves on the record on like a a vinyl turntable record. Mm -hmm. Each groove would have a bunch of micro grooves in it. So when you drop the needle, you didn't really know what track you were going to get. And then the track would play a horse race for you. Uh, One of the years at record store day, they made a baseball version where it would play a half inning for you so that you could actually play a little baseball game. So they make really weird things this day. And in some cases, it's, hey, here's the greatest of the Beatles, but now it's printed on an album that looks like an apple or things like that. And sometimes some uh, artists will take this time to make some really unique project you would never see them do. And that, guys, gals, non-binary pals, is what I want to talk to you about today. Wait, 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 wait. Any sea shanty discs this time? So I didn't look through everything because I didn't do it this year. I was going to, but you have to kind of much like a lot of the real prime tabletop day stuff where it's like, hey, you should probably stay out in front of your local uh, board game store at three in the morning and wait for it to open. Uh, Same sort of deal with record store day. And I didn't feel like getting up early. So I didn't look, but I'm going to assume probably one sea shanty or sea shanty adjacent album would not have surprised me in the slightest. Well, if, if anybody knows that it happened, let me. I was going to say, I, I did see a Record Store Day release that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and none of my local record stores carried it. Like, I have literally three local record stores in my vicinity. Yeah. One of which doesn't even carry new stuff, just old stuff. Okay. 
and none of them got this disc. It's uh, it was the single of Weird Al doing "Beat on the Brat" by the Ramones. I didn't oh. even see that was a part of it. Yeah, it was. It's it's an incredible song. You can find it. It's it's part of um it's part of a bigger album um called Doctor Demento's Covered in Punk. Okay, and. Okay. It's a bunch of different artists doing punk versions of famous songs. There's a punk version of Manamana on that album. I, I want to say at some point I've heard that. And then once again, I want to get to your call, Donald, that if anyone out there really hardcore did Record Store Day and you know that there's a sea shanty or sea shanty adjacent album, let us know. Please. I just relevant to my interests. <laughs> And another thing to note is, is for these particular releases, the release numbers are something they publish to you. And some of these are sometimes really, uh, really small where it's like, oh, uh, Jack White of the White Stripes has a food truck he drives around and there are 15 copies of this album on his food truck. If you can find it, they're that small all the way up to like the tens of tens and twenties of thousands. Um, something like the Weird Al disc is probably between 500 and a thousand. So you very easily might not find it. Um, the one I'm going to talk about, they made, I think, I think 16,000 of, uh, but still it's sold out everywhere. Uh, the Foo Fighters, folks. Um, the I heard Dave, of them. The Dave Grohl-led band. Uh, Dave Grohl, of course, out there just drumming against that young lady from England uh, <laughs> that everyone loves that's uh, doing drumming stuff. He's drumming against her. He's just trying to be out there and be awesome. And he has decided to put out a little album where 50% of the songs are live versions of Foo Fighters songs from Medicine at Midnight, their 2021 release. And the other five are covers of Bee Gees songs because, folks, this is called the DG's Hail Satin. That's nice. an amazing title. It, it is an amazing <laughs> title. The entire cover, it looks like the old Bee Gees greatest hits, but with the DGs instead of the Bee Gees. The entire cover of the album was like Hall of Foil, so it looks like a disco ball. Um, In this Dave Grohl and team cover, You Should Be Dancing, Night Fever, Tragedy, More Than a Woman, and the uh, the Andy Gibbs song Shadow Dancing. Mm. Uh, here's what I'll say about it. They sound like they're having a lot of fun. Uh, I wouldn't say if you're out there, if you're like a dyed in the wool fan of either the Bee Gees or the Foo Fighters, like that's a first concert for you or you hold them very close to your heart. I'm not entirely sure that this album is going to be for you. But if you're the kind of person you just like to hear a band that, you know, have a lot of fun going way out of genre to just rock out. Gosh, darn it. That is what this is, because hearing Dave Grohl do the required falsetto for You Should Be Dancing, which is the first song, and they released it ahead of Record Store Day and put it on YouTube. It's just so much fun. I I don't have more to add to it. I don't think they've done anything that's remarkable. Like, they didn't change the song so much. They didn't make the primary version. I think in most cases, uh, the version by the Bee Gees holds up. But to hear a rock band really rock out to these and just have fun doing it, is just such a delight for an album. I, I love covers of, you know, especially when you get an established band who does covers of other stuff. I think that, that is always, always fun. And, and that is exactly what this is. What I will say is if, you, if you're looking for the vinyl version, good luck. Uh, I want to say it's flipping for 175 or 200. 
But if you just oh, want to hear the songs, like almost every major platform, I know Spotify has them and you can listen to them all that you want and well worth it. Um, if you were to come across the album at a reasonable price, I'd say pick it up. If it all sounds fun to you, I think you're really going to enjoy this. But check it out. Once again, it's called the DGs is what they've called the band. Uh, D-E-E-G-E-E-S, the DGs. Uh, Hail Satin, which is an amazing name. They also, of course, are selling a bunch of Hail Satin merch, which uh, why wouldn't you if you have such a brilliant name? Uh, but yeah, I would say check it out. If you like uh, either the Foo Fighters or the Bee Gees and the whole idea sounds fun to you, I think you're going to get a kick out of it. Once again, I would not go uh, chasing down the album if I were you only because it kind of got out of control. But you can listen to it on all the different places where you would listen to music. And I think it is just a real hoot. So did awesome. you have to pay for this or was it free? Okay, so I did not buy the album. I have it on Spotify. I pay for Spotify every month. So they didn't stop me from listening to it. Gotcha. Um, if you like that, I do have an album suggestion for you. Ooh. Okay. Um, there is an album called Sound City. It's it's a there was a documentary that Dave Grohl made called Sound City. Yeah. And uh, I ended up picking up the soundtrack album for it, not realizing that there was a movie attached to it. So I haven't okay. seen the movie yet. But the one of the highlights of the album is that they get Nirvana back together. Okay. Except they put Paul McCartney in place of of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I remember hearing about this coming out a few years ago. So yeah. well worth checking out Sound City. Once again, if you if you want to check out the DGs, I'm sure all of it is on Spotify. And then once again, to answer your question, Donald, I'm going to say, yeah, uh, as long as you have Spotify, you're probably going to get ads with it. But it's nothing... Uh, unsightly or unseemly and you can probably also find it on youtube with no problem uh if you want to get the album goodness bless you i'm glad you have that much extra money to throw around i personally do not understood Uh, and i'm gonna move it on to you donald because you have an honest to goodness real thing i believe well i mean something i'm very fond of uh so at work we do classes all summer long and we're coming up on our uh, model making and terrain building week of classes. Okay. And so I broke out some of our old tools that we had from oh, a couple of years ago now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a year and a half back, we used it to make a giant uh, tower, like three and a half, four feet tall for a, a role-playing game. Okay. And um, this thing, it, it looks kind of like a, uh, a bandsaw, except for instead of a blade, it has a little wire that goes down. It is the hot wire thermocut. 115 slash E. I don't know <laughs> what 115 slash D was, but whatever. Um, diesel from probably the diesel variant. Um, yeah, I guess it's the electrical variant. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, by Proxon. That's P R O X X O N, not a Marvel villain, but could have been, right? Um, <laughs> and anyway, uh, so with this, you get a variety of foam products that you can purchase. I use the great big sort of pinkish purplish uh, sheet insulation that you get to put up in walls of houses. Okay. And uh, with it, you can carve it into strange and unusual shapes. Uh, We even uh, created our own circle jig at home so that you can make circles of a variety of sizes. We even made one that was like four and a half feet across by uh, creating a turntable in the center of one of our tables and putting the uh, Proxon uh, hot wire cutter off to the side. But it is so super flexible. If you want to make like cool holiday ornaments that are wall sized. Uh, you don't have to make them out of uh, plywood anymore. 
You can make them out of this foam, cover them in Mod Podge or whatever other you're going to seal it with, paint it up. And it's just a neat, neat tool. And you can make or create a variety of jigs. So there's um, uh, a company in the UK who makes uh, stuff for, you know, role-playing or miniatures games Mm -hmm. that you can use to create columns or whatever. We made some of these ourselves, but you don't have to have a laser cutter like we do. You can buy a bunch of that stuff. But it is just a lot of fun. And so we've cut several hundred, maybe a couple thousand foam bricks for our class that's coming up so that people can build their own towers or make their own rubbles or ruins or whatever. And it's it's pretty neat. I will say that the gate that they have that you slide back and forth is pretty horrible. Okay. Um, but the rest of it is uh, just be careful and don't touch the wire while it's on because that's a sharp, fast way to get a blistering line across your finger. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, because it is pretty hot. Um, the thicker the wire, uh, foam that you use, the hotter you have to make the wire for it to cut through. Okay. Like, you generally want to keep it as low a temperature as possible because the hotter you make it, the bigger the kerf line that you are cutting. I'm sorry, the bigger a hole you are cutting in the uh, foam when you're okay. drawing it across the, the thing, no matter how fast you go, if it's super hot, it's going to melt it extra more. Okay. Um, but it's neat because we made a uh, Edgar Allan Poe's gravestone a couple years back and we didn't have this. We we did, did it with hand, different set of hand cutters that we had. Okay. which were nice, but something along this line would have made it a lot easier to get that perfect circle at the top of the headstone. So yeah, I, I don't know if there are any questions to be had about it, uh, but uh, it's it's really neat. And there are so, a lot of videos online showing how to use it. So uh, I have a question. Yes. Um, and I'm sure this one, when I ask this question, this is me, Donald, being the everyman. Mm-hmm. Everyone has this question. Right. So let's say I wanted to make three-dimensional props for a game show. Yes. Would this be like the right tool to do that? Uh, well, depending on how durable you wanted it to be, uh, yes, <laughs> I, okay. I would say that for first of all, anything you want to hang on the wall, um, it would be super great for that because the foam is going to be pretty light, right? Yep. Um, if it is something that you want to build a stable structure out of, then whatever you cut using this thermal cutter, you're going to want to put around like pipe and drape pipes or something. Yeah, or wood but, or something. But you can absolutely do stability. that kind of thing with it. That's 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 not a problem. Also, the bigger you get, the more likely you are going to want to use some of the hand tools that I previously mentioned as opposed to one that's like a little table unit. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's pretty neat. The company's easy to work with. The first one we got, the bed that it was on was warped. Uh, and we they quickly replaced it when we brought it to their attention. And, uh, and all, I really like it. We three get 3d cut and laser cut a bunch of our little parts and stuff to extend its usefulness. But by golly, I'm just looking forward to our Christmas competition this year because the rest of the library finally found out what we have. And they're like, wait, you, you can make big foot and a half size Christmas ornaments that are kind of 3d ish and it won't involve an outside source. So we don't get disqualified like that other team last year. Yep. Yeah, so Every year, Georgetown County does it, offices that does the holiday party decoration thing. Okay. One of the teams got canceled because they paid someone to come in and paint them up a mural. That seems real, not of the spirit of that contest. You know, I think it was the accounting department. So it seemed very of the spirit of the contest for them. Yeah, fair enough. But, um, and we have a lot of crafty folks in our area. So uh, apparently we're going to be doing like a giant palm tree with Christmas tree ornaments hanging from it or something. I don't know. But nice. 
So that's Very it. Proxon cool. Hot Wire Cutter Thermocut 115 slash E. I will say, though, that, that the wire cools off exceptionally quickly. It is so thin. Okay. Which is part of how it heats up so fast. Okay. Um, but right. also, a second or two after it's done, if that it, you can do it. Uh, supposedly, the fumes are not horrifically bad for you. I would recommend wearing you know, some sort of filter mask, a, a ventilator or something anyway, or at least making sure that you've got a super well-ventilated place with air going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, if you uh, mess up and beads of the foam cock on it and it starts burning black, that is very bad for you. Do not breathe that in. Okay. Um, oh, but yeah. just the normal steam released, I've heard, well, I've heard a variety of people saying, or it is not bad for you or, uh, you know, it is bad for you. So take that with your own safety precautions. So like any of these sort of things, just beware. Just just uh, yep. pay attention for yourself. Make sure you don't do anything too dumb. And also not all foams are created equal. Don't ever use floral crafting foam or floral foam for any kind of crafting because oh. it's designed for sticking things in it and soaking it. It is not actually designed to be used where you're cutting small pieces up and getting into your lungs. Oh, okay. yeah. No. Fair. Oof. Fair. So. Well, then off of that, off of um, our safety warnings, which uh, yeah. once again, Donald, I'm not knocking the safety warnings. I think we need them all the time whenever you're talking to us about actual things. Yeah. Um, I'm now going to move on to Robert. So, Robert, I, I understand. I want to set this up just a little bit for everybody is that uh, you are a bit of and I hope that I'm uh, phrasing this correctly, a bit of a cinephile. I am. Mm. Um, and I know that you want to talk to us a little bit about sort of some summer movie watching, TV watching. So let me hand it on over to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I ended up getting, because of, you know, the, uh, goings on, we'll call it. Yep. Um, uh, I ended up buying myself a little, uh, cheapy little projector. Okay. Um, and it's, it, I got it. I think I got it on Amazon for about like 150, something like okay. that. Yep. And I set it up out in my backyard and I started watching movies out, out in my backyard. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go over every single one, as you said, like I'll, I'll, I'll choose one movie, one TV show, and then I can always come back if you if you if you have me. Uh, <laughs> of course, and let's frame yeah. this for everybody because you know, Robert, you and I talked about this before we we came on. Is that normally this time of year is summer movie watching season? Big blockbusters out there. We've had a couple this year uh, with uh, Fast and the Furious fourteen. And <laughs> nine. That nine. it is legitimately nine. Yeah. Um. Uh, we've got the new superhero movie with John Cena coming out. We have the the Black Widow movie that should have came out four years ago that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of big summer movies, but they, and, we, and you know, I think we can, I don't know how you feel about Donald, but I feel like I talk for all of us here when I say, I don't know how comfortable I feel going back to the movies just yet. True. Right. Yeah. You know, like if you are, that's great. I have nothing. Please don't take it any for me personally. I'm still going to kind of do the backyard thing. So I totally get where you're coming from, Robert. You want to take like the, uh, the drive-in movie experience and bring it to your house. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've been watching a lot of older movies. Um, so the movie I want to talk about, it's a movie that it didn't do well when it originally came out way back in 1996. All, Um, All the better to talk about now. Yeah. It's a, it's a Canadian movie. Um, okay. makes sense. It's, uh, called kids in the hall brain candy. Okay. So this is the kids in the hall that we know, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So they made this movie back in 96. It was shortly after their TV show finished up. Okay. Um, see, I don't know. I don't have like any kind of 
like frame of reference for how how well their show did in the U.S. I didn't <laughs> watch it. <laughs> okay. Like some people have kind of heard of it if you're a comedy nerd. Like right. That's the thing you've heard of, but I wouldn't say it was not gangbusters. I've right. heard of it. A lot of my friends really liked it. I just yep. never had a chance. Yeah. They just fin- finished filming a reboot of the show for Amazon. Okay. And I'm looking forward to that. But back to their movie. So mm. Brain Candy said it came out shortly after they finished the original run of the TV show, which was, I believe, 94, 95-ish. Okay. So the movie was supposed to be how they were all going to step into the world of film, okay. right? Of course, at the time, Dave Foley had sort of already become his own thing as far yeah, as Dave Foley goes. at this point is probably doing news radio, right? Yes, yes, he was. Okay. Uh, and he also, he had another movie, it was called The Wrong Guy. Okay. And there was a big thing, like the the background behind this movie is super interesting. Okay. If you ever get to read, there's a book called uh, One Dumb Guy. Okay. It's actually written by Mike Myers' brother. Okay. And it's all about the kids in the hall. It's all about the kids in halls TV show as well. There's like two full chapters all about the making of brain candy okay and it's it's a super interesting process that they went through like at one point it wasn't even going to be a comedy it was going to be a horror movie um <laughs> they they thought it might have been a drama at one point but anyways um but they ended up making this comedy so the movie itself is all about this scientist okay. and he creates the ultimate antidepressant and the antidepressant ends up like he it works super well, okay. but then he starts finding out that there are side effects. And okay. specifically, the side effect is that everyone goes into a happiness coma and uh, he kind of has to sort of grapple with that. I will say like it has probably aged. It has aged incredibly well. But at the same time, there are some bits that have not aged well. I think anything from the 90s, you're going to end up, you know, 80s or 90s, you're going to end up with a certain amount of that. Right. As I said, like, I mean, like some of the dirtier jokes, which I won't talk about here, obviously, have not aged well. But then, but like the actual, like the moral of this, of the movie and stuff like that, the message of the movie has sort of has aged incredibly well because they've, they were very obviously kind of thinking like 10 steps ahead you know because at the time that the movie came out a lot of the problems that they're talking about really weren't in the public eye because we're talking about things like uh mental health yeah exactly exactly so like kind of to spoil the ending a little bit um well, don't 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 spoil the ending okay the i won't spoil the ending there is one yeah. thing i want to ask because whenever you look at these uh, with kids in the hall as I understand it, because I only watched a little bit myself, was they were sketch comedy. So essentially they end up kind of taking the reins of, at least as an American, as I see it, from like where SCTV was. Yeah, kind um, of. That they kind of are moving like, hey, we're, uh, th- we have this sensibility and it's kind of freaky and it sort of looks like something you've seen, but not exactly. So this movie, is this a coherent plot from the beginning to the end and it is a movie movie? Or is this the kind of thing where there's sort of almost like Amazon women on the moon? Where like they, there's a, a thread of a story happening through, but they're using this, you know, like the coma to be able to do skits in the middle. It is a uh, like a coherent story, like from okay. Beginning so it to is end. a story from the beginning to the end. It just happens to be the kids in the hall doing it. Yeah, um, I would say the best movie to compare it to, oddly enough, would be Weird Al's UHF. 
Okay, so that has a couple of. Mo- I see what you're like. That has a couple of moments. If you haven't seen UHF, uh, just stop this right now. <laughs> yes, go see. And go UHF. watch UHF. <laughs> Although I will say the same disclaimer that you gave Robert. Um, some of the stuff in UHF does not age as well as one might like. Most of it, I think, does. Uh, always remember anytime you see a piece of media that is that old, there's always going to be some things where you're like, oh, why? Um, but it's been so long since I've watched it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, so UHF uh, is it was the, the sole movie done by one Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. That, that uh, I know. I just don't remember which parts would not have aged well. So I feel like some of the Wheel of Fish stuff is not going to feel quite good. Mm. Yeah. Um, I want to say there were one or two of the advertisements that don't feel great. I want to say maybe a little part of the Indiana Jones. I want to say the last time I saw it, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Um, but it's nothing terrible. <laughs> it's nothing to where, you know, but but it's just a little bit like when you watch it with 35 years worth of life, you're like, ooh, okay, I wouldn't do that joke now. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, all. Nothing terrible, nothing awful, nothing, I think. But just, you know, anytime we, we talk about any of that old stuff, it's not like, for instance, um, I would suggest that it's so bad no one go back and watch Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, it didn't right. do enough good stuff to make up for the bad stuff it did. Yes. Um, Revenge of the is Nerds quite is the opposite. super rough. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds is a rough watch if you go back and don't. Just I take mean, When I was in high school, I loved it. But, you know. it, yeah. but if you watch it now, you're like, oh, that's deplorable. And this is a criminal act. Yes. Uh, just as yes. a note. Uh, yep. Okay. So we've talked about your movie, which is Brain Candy. A lot to, to get into, to take a look at there. And then once again, that comparison to UHF. So there's going to be little skittish kind of things, but not really... Like Amazon Women on the Moon, where there's complete skits, just little kind of daydream things. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, it's, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of it's it's a lot of tiny tiny skits, and you know, like there are tiny skits in it, but they do tie into the story like incredibly well. Okay. Yeah. Very so, cool. Very cool. So then, you also said you have a TV pick for us. Yes, a TV pick. Um, um, I'm going to choose Central Park. Okay. Central Park is this TV show. It's made by Lorraine Bouchard, who created Bob's Burgers. Okay. And Josh Gad, who is, you know, uh, Olaf the Snowman. This is okay. an, Apple, an Apple original, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Mm, I will never see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very good. It's I think it's well worth seeking out in some way. Like, I'm hoping that they put it out on DVD or something so that a wider audience can see it. DVD, mm-hmm. geez. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But, a Blu-ray or on some other service that is not Apple TV Plus. Yeah, it's funny because the show is made by 20th Century. Well, it used to be 20th Century Fox. Now it's because it's Disney. It's 20th yeah. Century whatever. Considering what it's about, I'm kind of surprised that Disney did not just put it on Disney Plus because it would work so well there. Um, the contracts were already signed. Yeah. And I, and I yeah. wouldn't be wholly shocked if that doesn't end up being its life in five years or something when the contracts run out. Yeah. But the show itself is, it's about, it's his family and they live, they're the caretakers of the park. Okay. You have Owen, who is played by Leslie Odom Jr. Okay. His wife, played by Catherine Hahn, who was recently in WandaVision. Yep, yep, yep. Then there's Cole, their son, who is mm-hmm. voiced by Titus Burgess. 
Okay. And Molly, who actually recently had a voice change. She was originally voiced by Kristen Bell, but as of last year, because of Black Lives Matter, okay. because Molly is is sort of like half black, half white, Okay. Kristen Bell stepped down and basically said, I think a person of color should be playing this role, Okay. which I completely mm-hmm. understand. And the person they got to play her now is uh, Emmy Raver Lampman, who is also in Umbrella Academy. She plays Alice in an Umbrella Academy. Oh. Okay. Okay. So then, so they're taking care of Central Park. What is yeah. kind of like, is is it just, you know, almost the old Seinfeld bit of it's a show about nothing? Um, Not really, because there is a villain. Okay. So the villain of the show is uh, Bitsy Brandenham, who is played by Stanley, Stanley Tucci. Okay. Essentially, Bitsy is like sort of this hoity-toity rich lady who um, who owns a big hotel in New York, okay. Okay. and she wants to buy Central Park to turn it into condos. Okay. Yeah. So then let me give you another show just to see if this is... How does this feel compared to something like a Gravity Falls? I have not seen Gravity oh, Falls, actually. Well, then fair <laughs> enough, because it sounds like it is not entirely dissimilar, but it takes place sort of in a tourist trap in the West rather than in the middle of Central Park. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. What draws you into the show? What is what is it that makes it super uh, recommendation worthy? Well, um, unlike most TV shows, it's a musical. Okay. And it is an incredible musical. As I said, Josh Gad is one of the creators. He's also one of the producers. And he's also in it. He plays the narrator, uh, named a character named Birdie. Okay. And Birdie is basically is Josh Gad. Like he looks like Josh Gad, like exactly like him. Okay. okay. Um, so like uh <laughs> the Muppet from the Muppets. The new Muppet that was added. Yeah. 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 But the show is yeah, it's a musical. That's what kind of pulled me in because I was because I love musicals. I'm like, uh, and I'm like, as soon as they said, "Oh, it's a musical from the creator of Bob's Burgers," I'm like, "Yes." Okay. Um, you know, you could you could have led with that, right? That that should have been your pitch at the beginning of this. <laughs> Why don't we start the segment from the beginning yeah. and you tell us, "Hey, I got this great show, <laughs> and it's a musical by you know Bob Burgers fame." And uh, it's got an all-star cast. I mean, you know, that's that's the selling point. Yeah. Or, or it's the warning label, one of the two. Right. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, so I gave you the premise of basically the first season where it's them trying to save the park, right? Okay. And that is sort of like that it does sort of continue on through the entire show, but it sort of becomes an undercurrent in the second season because the second season is more character study. Okay. And they kind of go like they have an episode all about the daughter, Molly, and Molly is an artist and she and she likes this boy and she loves and she loves drawing this uh, superhero that she care that she created named Fistapuffs. Okay. And who and she uses her hair as, as as her weapon. Okay. And so the entire I think it's the third episode of the second season. The entire episode is drawn like her drawings. Oh, nice. So they start playing kind of within their own structure. So you're saying that season one essentially is good versus evil, rich versus poor. And then in season two, once we've sort of seen that play out, we get an idea of like why we should care more about these characters than just the simple story of good versus bad. Right. And then the most recent episode, the episode itself was called The Shadow. They completely ignore the family, essentially, but and they focus entirely on Bitsy. 
Okay. And they try to make her sort of a, what do you call it? A, like a sympathetic villain almost. Okay. Okay. A lot of shows do that as you start to kind of, to get through. So you sort of understand, uh, as they call it in wrestling, the justified heel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in that episode, there is a robbery at her hotel. Okay. Well, let's not get get too much into the details of the episodes. Let's what we're trying to do is sell sell the overall show. Get people oh, okay, excited right. about the show. But um, I do want to yeah. mention the second part. The second part ha- is because the main story wasn't long enough, I guess. So they put a second part in, and the second part is called "Birdie Presents a Thing on Strings," and it nice. is probably the most emotionally packed, like gut-wrenching thing I've ever seen on television. Mm. Like, you just absolutely have to see it. There's no dialogue to it. It's literally just a violin solo, and it's a story about Birdie he, and him just doing stuff. I don't want to spoil it, but it is it is like kind of a gut punch of, of a sequence, and it's really, really good. Like, I was kind of in tears by the end of it. It was mm. really fantastic. <laughs> and so then there you go. There is that. You can check that out on, I believe, Apple TV Plus, right? Yes. Right. So yes. if you're not just watching Ted Lasso, yeah. there is a there is another thing for you to check out. Or once you've finished watching Ted Lasso. Yeah. Or once you finish watching Ted Lasso, move right. on to that. Uh, <laughs> once again, and I think I think you had it right, Don. Let's boil it down. Uh, a musical animation from the fine folks that made Bob's Burgers with an all-star cast. Yeah, that's it. That's that's a good uh description. Very yes. good, very good. Uh now I know Donald last time uh we got strictly reprimanded. Uh, for our length. So I'm going to just throw to you uh, to close us out. All right. Um, I'm going to take a minute, though, since it's in my lap to say, hey, well, wherever it is. Um, yeah. I'm going to say uh, love the ending of Loki uh, in our flashback to stuff we've talked about before. It was weird. The show was exciting. It went all over the place, it, literally. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, Bruce, you watched it. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. I'm always going to, it's real hard for any of these superhero things for me to give them a thumbs down. So I'm a, I'm a very easy audience on these for those who are like, oh, you just always says you like it. Yeah, I just kind of always dig it. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm excited to see uh, where else the whole multiverse goes. Robert, are you a, a Loki fan or not? I have not yet seen Loki. I watched WandaVision, but I didn't get to see the Winter Soldier one or Loki yet. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to them now, especially Loki, because apparently that that sounds like it's really up my alley. Well, if weird is up your alley and it sounds like it is based on your latest recommendation. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. All right. Well, everybody, I would like to thank. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Robert for joining us. It's uh, it's nice to have a new voice on the show, taking us down alleyways we've never been to before. So, yeah, Robert, thank you for uh, for joining us. Oh, and thank you very much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, excellent. And uh, listeners, uh, you can head on over to theinversegenius.com and find out more about uh, this show and the people who make it and all of our other fine shows like Onboard Games and the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast and the uh, in now in a hiatus, a Room Escape Divas. And of course, uh, you know, we've got a place there for the fine folks over at the Party Gamecast, a podcast about party games and games you take to parties. And also food. And munchies, yes. Head on over to the Facebook group also and tell us what you think about this episode. If you've got other great record day finds or any other movie recommendations, or if you've cut anything out of foam that you feel like sharing with the rest of us. So I'm Donald Dennis. I'm Bruce Vogue. I'm Robert Cole. 
And you've been listening to the Inverse Genius Fortnightly. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license. Thank you.